0: Hello and welcome to this week's episode of the Wildcat Scoop podcast. I'm senior editor of Wildcat Authority, Jason Shear, And uh, normally at this time each week, we would kind of look at the last uh, game that Arizona had. In this case, it's Washington. But instead of analyzing the game, I figure we should analyze and and discuss a little bit about really what the main topic surrounding Arizona football is, especially after the loss to Washington, and that is the the quarterback uh, conundrum between Khalil Tate and Grant Gunnell and who should start moving forward I just think that well, I can talk about the Washington game and analyze it and say, this went right, this went wrong, etc. At the end of the day, the vibe that I got watching from that game uh, was the quarterback position. And I know the defense didn't play well in the second half, but I think a lot of that is uh, basically, and some of the guys admitted it today when we talked to them, is uh, I think guys got disheartened at at kind of the opposing field position and all that. I mean, Washington's starting on the forty-four yard line because Arizona's offense is struggling and there's only so much that a defense can do you <sighs> So, uh, I'm pretty much going to talk about where I stand on the quarterback situation. I don't know if I, uh, is, is there's a clear-cut guy to turn to, but I know that each guy has their pros and cons. And um, as it relates to the Washington game, I don't think that there's any way you can defend Khalil Tate's performance. Um, you know, I, I honestly can't remember a performance being that bad in the sense of not necessarily the numbers, because you do have to credit Arizona with putting up 27 points, the only time, and you know, this season that, that Washington's done so, it's the most points. I think um, it's like the second most points in two seasons. Um, so it, it is a feat to put up 27 points, uh, even though a, a good amount of that was on the ground, obviously, off turnover, etc. So, yeah, I, I mean, Kevin Sumlin, during his press conference on Monday, went back and mentioned the 27 points and how there's a positive or whatever. But the biggest thing is... He started that press conference saying Khalil Tate didn't play well. And I'm. Sure, uh, it feels like the first time where he is just straight up said it. Usually he'll say, look, we didn't do this, this, or this. But this is the first time where it felt that he said Khalil Tate didn't have a good game. And um, to me, the biggest struggle with Khalil Tate, I, I know it comes back to his running and people want to see him run and all that. And, and I get it. I, I get it. I'm a full believer that Khalil Tate is not a good quarterback when he's not at least a threat with his legs. But the thing that really, got me was the field awareness um, against Washington, or the lack of field awareness. What Washington basically did is they blitzed from both sides, and if they weren't blitzing, they at least pushed guys to both sides. And Khalil, instead of recognizing what Washington was doing, um, just ran into guys. I mean, literally ran into guys. And so what Washington was often doing is they would blitz a linebacker or a safety. They'd send guys and contain on the edges. Khalil Tate would leave the pocket, but he'd be leaving the pocket right into Washington players. And I'm not saying the offensive line is innocent in this. Obviously, there's some concern about the way the offensive line played, even though the run blocking was fine. The pass blocking this season has generally been very good too. So yeah, there were struggles against Washington, but when we say, hey, look, Khalil Tate uh, left the pocket, you know, to me, like, he would get the ball, and as soon as he got the ball, he was looking to run. He, he was playing scared. I think that's the best way to describe it. Do I know that Khalil Tate was scared against Washington? No. I mean, would he ever admit it? Of course not. And, and, and I'm not one to say, hey, man, that, you know, that guy's scared to play football. But when you watch him play against Washington, that's what he came off as. He came off as a guy that was basically scared to get hit. And I think the biggest proof of this is twofold. Number one he has the tendency to run out of bounds instead of throwing the ball away. Because if he throws the ball away, he could get hit. If he runs out of bounds, he's not getting hit. And there have been times this season where he's taken eight, you know, seven-yard, eight-yard, nine-yard losses by running out of bounds instead of just throwing the ball out of bounds. And that goes back to the lack of field awareness. I have never seen a quarterback do that to the extent that Khalil Tate does that. Um, it could be a mental thing where he just doesn't recognize where he is. It could be a thing where he doesn't want to get hit. I don't know. You'd have to ask him. He probably wouldn't give you a clear answer. That's his you know, that's his right. I'm not knocking him for not giving a clear answer. He may not know. It may just be a tendency that he has, and, and it's something that I'm positive, 100% positive, that Noel Mazzoni... Uh, should and has worked on on, with him on. Um, But for whatever reason, he does it. Um, The second example is the play where he flicked the ball backwards. That was basically to me, and and it's not just me. I got a few texts about it from people watching the game, from some people that don't even know a lot about football. And and it basically said is, you know, this is a kid, Khalil Tate, that looked like he was going to get hit, knew that he was going to get hit, and basically threw the ball in the air and said, please don't hit me. I mean, that's that's what that play looked like. And it cost Arizona seven points. It it hurt Arizona momentum-wise. They were actually doing pretty well up until that point. And, and you're handing a good team in Washington points when the the thing that you can't do, I mean, it, it is very clear. Someone said it. I think the players would admit it. Arizona is not good enough to win against good teams and make mistakes. It is just not that type of team. The margin of error for Arizona is as small as it gets for a decent football team. It it really is. Um, And and so what happened was he he basically turned, and it was like a national story at that point because it was such a bad play. He turned, he threw the ball. I I guess he was trying to throw it out of bounds, but he threw it behind him. And basically it was as if he threw the ball in the air, said, please don't hit me. You could go ahead and score instead of me getting hit. Um, and, And I'm not questioning like Khalil Tate's manhood or anything like that I'm just saying maybe he's tired of getting hit as a running quarterback maybe at the end of the day the reason why Khalil Tate isn't running as much is because he's tired of getting hit he took a lot of hits um hits that he actually generated a a lot of when he put his shoulder down under Rich Rodriguez maybe there came a point where he said I you know I want to extend my career I can't get hit the problem is that there's a fine line between extending your career and realizing what you're good at and so against Washington, I, I'm not going to say Khalil Tate was the ma- the only reason why Arizona w- lost that game. There were other things that, that went wrong. But man, when you look at that game and you look at the plays that you're saying to yourself, um, what went wrong? Where did Arizona go wrong? And you keep watching that game and you realize that a lot of times where they went wrong was with Khalil Tate's decisions. Uh, it was the decision to throw away the ball and give Washington a score. It was the decisions to uh, run out of bounds instead of getting hit. It was making the wrong reads. It was rolling right, I think, in like negative like 30 rushing yards net because he would roll right into defenders. Uh, it was not wanting to take off when he had 10 yards in front of them because he wanted to look for the pass, probably, and generally speaking, either because he didn't want to get hit, or he was trying to make a play, even though the play was right there in front of him. And so, you know, it it, it just, it comes down to something that I think everybody admit. I I think Norma Zoni would admit it, I think Sumlin, I think Khalil Tate, deep down would probably admit that even though Khalil Tate is talented, he is absolutely talented, there's no denying that he is talented. He is not a pocket passer. You could blame Norma Zoni for not adjusting the offense to what Khalil Tate really is, um, you know, you've heard me and, and Michael Luke say it often that the best thing that happened to Khalil Tate was Rich Rodriguez, because that's the type of quarterback that Khalil Tate is. He should be in that system. You know, for all the laughing and joking and all that about I'm not running the triple option. Well, guess what? If Khalil Tate was in the triple option, he'd be one of the most dynamic quarterbacks in the entire country. <laughs> I mean, in that Navy offense, he would be he would be a Heisman type of contender, maybe not in passing numbers, but his running numbers would be unreal. Um, but he, he happened to be playing in an offense now where it doesn't really fit. And you could blame Nolmozoni and and Kevin Sumlin a little bit if you want for not tailoring the offense to him. Um, Maybe, you know, trying to fit a square peg in a round hole type of deal. Um, Or you could blame Khalil Tate for for not running more. Uh, I think it's probably a little bit of both. I, I would guarantee you that for as much discussion as there is about Mazzoni, and, and some of it's with me, for as much discussion as there is about Mazzoni not wanting Khalil Tate to run, that if you ask Mazzoni if he wanted Khalil Tate to take off 10 times uh, you know, for 10 yards or whatever it is, uh, he would say go for it. You can't say that Noel Mazzoni doesn't want Khalil Tate to run and then look at the Texas Tech game where Arizona's out here calling designed runs. Remember, the Texas Tech game changed because Noel Mazzoni called a quarterback counter that went for an 84-yard touchdown and forced Texas Tech out of their entire defense. Noel Mazzoni called a specific run play. There wasn't another read on it. It was, you are going to run on this play. Khalil Tate ran 17 times for over 100 yards against Texas Tech, and it was his running ability that changed that game. Mazzoni took away Khalil Tate's throwing at the end of that game on the last two drives and said, I want you to run and I want you to hand it off. So the issue with arguing that Noel Mazzoni doesn't want Khalil Tate to run is nullified when you look at the Texas Tech game. I am sure that if you asked Noel Mazzoni if he wanted Khalil Tate to take the clear runs that were available against Washington, you wouldn't even be able to finish your sentence before he said yes. Okay. The problem is that he's just not doing it. I mean, again, I don't know if someone got to him and said, it's the only way to stay healthy. I don't know if he got tired of people saying, hey, you're a running quarterback. The fact of the matter is, he has stopped running. And maybe he changes his mind. Maybe against USC he plays uh, and he takes off. And, you know, this whole podcast that everyone looks stupid and Washington is just a good team. I don't know. We'll find out. But also to add to that argument, you shouldn't have to wonder what Khalil Tate you're going to get each week. And I think it goes through practice too. From from what sources have told me is, you don't know if Khalil Tate, and I'm not saying he's faking injuries. You don't know if he's going to wake up and be sore and say he can't go. You don't know if he's going to not run against Washington and then against USC take off 20 times and make the right reads and be dyna- You just don't know. And it's so difficult to plan an offense around literally not having any idea. Not necessarily how your quarterback's going to do, because I don't think there's guarantees except for like Tua maybe and a few other guys right now that you know that like Joe Burrow and Tua and those guys are going to play well. Um, But at least not knowing how your quarterback's going to approach the game. There's a difference between throwing an interception and struggling in an offense as opposed to literally not knowing how your quarterback is going to approach a game. So after the Washington game, I ran a poll. I didn't say my opinion, and I ran a poll, and I said, "Who would you rather start, uh, Grant Gannell or Khalil Tate?" And I kind of had an under—I I, kind of knew what the answer would be. And you know, if, if I ran the poll, uh, if I ran the poll this week, let's say Arizona won, or I ran it after an Arizona win, I'm sure the results uh, would have been a little different. But I, I ran a poll. And uh, the results were kind of overwhelmingly in the favor of of Grant Cannell. Uh, I had 1,200 votes, and it was 54% of you said that you would want to see Grant Cannell start over Khalil Tate. And I don't know the percentage of the people that voted for Grant Cannell did so because they believe that Grant Cannell is better than Khalil Tate right now. I don't know if that's the case. I think a lot of those votes, and I could be wrong, I think a lot of those votes is, you know that Norma Zoni's offense is built for guys like Grant Gunnell. You know that Grant Gannell is going to sit in the pocket. You can argue about his arm strength if you want. You'd be wrong. But you can argue about his arm strength if you want and that he's a true freshman and Khalil Tate's more dynamic and blah, blah, blah. But you cannot argue the fact. Two things. Number one, Grant Gannell is tailor-made for this offense. Look at the quarterbacks that Norma Zoni has recruited personally to Arizona. Grant Gannell, Kevin Doyle, Will Plummer. These are bigger kids with arms that can run a little bit. You wouldn't call them Khalil Tate runners, but like Grant, Grant's a mobile kid. Um, but you look at him, he is a prototypical, what no wants in a quarterback. And two, the kid is going to stay in the pocket, and if he doesn't stay in the pocket, he's man enough to take the sack, throw it away, or step up and run. Like he had to play against Washington. It was a six or eight yard run. I don't remember where he stepped up in the pocket. He made his progressions, his reads. No one was there. And he went and he ran for six or eight yards. Okay. He ran forward. And I know that might sound silly. Like, well, of course he ran forward. Khalil Tate didn't run forward against Washington. He ran side for side and got annihilated because of it. I'm sure that he was sore after the game. So is Grant Gunnell better than Khalil Tate right now? I don't know. Um, I, I think that if Grant Gunnell... Well, I, let me let me go back. I, I think Grinnell is a, Grinnell is a better, uh, a more accurate thrower. I think he's smarter within the offense. I don't think he has the arm strength or the running ability of Khalil Tate. I do think he could overall run the offense better, generally speaking. Now, does that make Arizona's offense more dangerous? That's up for debate. You could say Khalil makes it because there's still that somewhat of a running ability. I don't know. What I do know is that Grant Ganell is the future, and... Kevin Sumlin made a comment, two comments in the presser on Monday that kind of caught my eye. The first one is he said that Arizona has never had plans to redshirt Grant Cannell. And uh, I talked to sources close to Grant Cannell, and they said that, that Grant and company had no issue with the fact that he will not redshirt this season. Play him. Play him get him ready. Get him the live reps, whether it's starting, backup, coming off the bench of Khalil Struggles, etc. No issue. The, the understanding has never been that he was going to redshirt. The second thing that someone said that caught my eye uh, was the fact that, uh, yes, they're rebuilding. Yes, they need to get better. But at the end of the day, the responsibility to the current team, the fans, the program is to put the best product on the field now. And so it comes down to which product is the best right now. And the reality of the situation is if you ask Noel Mazzoni what he felt the best product was and you ask Kevin Sumlin what he felt the best product is, they might have different answers. At the end of the day, it comes down to the head coach and who Kevin Sumlin wants to play. If Kevin Sumlin wants to play Khalil Tate, so be it. That's who's going to start. Um, if Norma Zoni leans towards Grant Cannell and someone says, I, I just, I'm i leaning towards Khalil Tate, hey, guess what? That's how coaching staffs work. The, the head coach is going to win out. Now, you also have to keep in mind, I'm a believer that you have to put quarterbacks in positive situations. Like, you can't say okay grant you're going to go and you're going to play the best defense in the league like let's say arizona was playing oregon this weekend and you're like all right grant here's your you're going to start against oregon on the road in that environment now eventually you have to learn but to me, you want to put your freshman in a position to succeed. I'm not a believer in that one bad game ruins a freshman. You look around the country, and there's plenty of freshman quarterbacks playing. This isn't the type of deal anymore where you want to develop, etc., cetera, et cetera. If you don't believe me, there's a guy up the road, Jaden Daniels, whether people want to admit it or not. He's a really good quarterback for ASU, and he's only going to get better. You look around the country, freshman quarterbacks are playing. Okay, that's it. I mean, they're, they're going to play the whole development deal where you sit a guy out and, and all that. Uh, it doesn't exist anymore. It, it just doesn't. Um, so, uh, it, it, you know, you look at, like, Michael Penix, for instance, at, at Indiana. Really good player. I mean, the guy's completing 70% of his passes, nine touchdowns, three interceptions. Uh, really good player as a freshman. And, and you just can't imagine a coach saying, oh, no, he's a freshman. I'm going to go with another guy, let Penix learn or whatever. I mean, he's had like one bad game all year. And there's other examples of freshmen uh, throughout the country. So these guys, eventually, they've got to learn. And, and you can't be scared to play a freshman. Um, so, you know, it, it's just there's positives to both, I guess. Uh, you no, know, in my opinion, it, it, it's, it's a really difficult decision. I don't think it's a straightforward decision. Um, I have talked with some, you know, Michael Luke, I'll mention again. And, and for instance, he's mentioned that, uh, and, and it's a couple other media people I've mentioned the same would be, just, it's hard to bench Khalil, uh, when he's playing at USC. I mean, this is a kid. Remember the last time Arizona played at USC two years ago, he was crying on the field after Arizona lost, played his heart up. All right. Question is passing numbers, but. I think he ran for like 170 yards, was crying, had to be comforted by USC players and coaches. I, I mean, just played his absolute heart out. And so the belief is, hey, let the kid play against USC and see what happens. If he struggles in the beginning of the game, he can't get off to a start, Arizona gets down, it's time to make the switch. But if he plays well against USC, extra motivated, et cetera, awesome. You know, you made the right decision. Now you can make the argument that it shouldn't take a game against USC to motivate a player. I get it. Maybe that's a whole different podcast, though. Um, you know, it, it, it's, it's a difficult choice to make because USC's down three corners. I think Arizona is going to score the ball, whether it's Khalil Tate or Grant Gannell. I think if you put Grant Gannell in there, Arizona would throw the ball and be just fine against that secondary. I don't think that secondary is all that great. I think either way, Arizona is going to look to establish a run. But I also will say this, if Grant Gannell starts on Saturday then the Khalil Tate era is over. Now, maybe you say Khalil Tate is injured. Maybe he's sore whatever. That gives some leeway to the situation. But if there is a healthy Khalil Tate and you say, Grant, you're starting at USC, you can't turn back. He has to start every game the rest of the year no matter how he plays against USC. Because you have made that turn to the future. You can't play with the kid's mindset where you're saying, okay, you'll start this game. You didn't play well. You're not going to start next game. Khalil didn't play well. Now you're going to start the game. You can't do it. If Grant starts at USC, he has to start the rest of the year. In my opinion, boring injury or just like insanely bad numbers, which I don't think would happen. Uh, If I was the head coach, uh, it's difficult. I would probably start Khalil with a very short leash. Maybe he doesn't know he has a short leash because you don't want him to press things. But I'd start it. If he throws a bad interception or that offense isn't moving against USC, I think you make the pull. I, I really do. I, I think I would probably start Khalil w- with a short leash um, or lean towards Gunnell. I wouldn't go into that game saying Khalil Tate is starting from beginning to end. He is our guy. That's that. And I think Arizona has gone into games thinking that. I think it, it probably thought that against Washington until uh, it realized that the game was out of hand. Uh, maybe they could have put Grant Gunnell in a little bit earlier and seen what happened when Arizona's offense stalled, but they didn't. I mean, the the reality is Grant Gunnell got in and what we would describe as garbage time, and he played great. His numbers were three for eight, but that's that's fools because you know he he had two passes dropped, uh, made a nice run, he played fine, but the scoring drive, et cetera. So uh, it's it, it's a tough decision to make. It's one where you worry about the overall uh, team. You know, do, how, how does the team? look you know how does a team accept a quarterback change etc and uh, my gut tells me that Khalil makes the start this weekend with a short leash Uh, I think that is what happens Um, I would be surprised if Gunnell starts it's Tuesday today uh, when I'm recording this it's Tuesday Um, uh, you know that's an important practice if Khalil Tate ran with the ones on Tuesday and then we'll probably know later Wednesday and report it first like like we usually do a little humble brag there but um, You know if, if Khalil took the the first team reps on Tuesday, I assume he's the starting quarterback. If it was split, if Grant took some first team reps, things are a little interesting. Um, if you ask the guys the Tuesday practice is the most important one by far. um They go a little hard on on Thursday they kind of have a, a walk through type of deal with fast fast Fridays is what they call it, but the Tuesday practice. every player that we 've talked to has said it is the most difficult practice it 's where they kind of really run things and 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 make guys really earn their time so The biggest storyline right now to me is the quarterback situation. I don't know what the right answer is. Uh, You know, maybe I would know if I got paid $10 million, but (laughs) I'm just a guy uh, sitting on his couch doing a podcast. So my gut tells me they start Khalil. um, But if he doesn't play well and Grant Goodell comes in, uh, I'll say this I'm one of the. Bigger Gunnell fans. I, I, I've heard this stuff about his throwing motion. It's weird. It is weird. Um, I think Texas Tech offensive coordinator David Yo said it best. He said, "The one thing I never do as an offensive coordinator, as a coach, is change a kid's throwing motion. However, they throw when they meet me. I cool. That's how you throw. We'll work on the other stuff. It's so hard to do." Um, you know, because you're thinking about it during games, so I thought this way to do uh, it. You use whatever natural throwing motion you have. Uh, the arm strength, you know, people say, oh, the arm strength isn't there. His critics say that. But meanwhile, he's had deep, you know, he had the deep touchdown uh, it, it, against uh, NAU, I believe it was, if I'm remembering correctly. Um, he's had other long throws. He can throw just fine. Uh, student of the game, plays pocket, etc. Really good kid. I don't think there, you know, there's no issues there. So I, I'm a believer, in Grant Gunnell. Norma Zoni is a believer in uh, in Grant Canell. And, and so I think we're at an interesting point for this program where you know you have to decide, uh, you know, it it you have to decide between Khalil Tate and and the the downs that can come with it. I mean, because it could be down or as good as he can be. You know, there's some pretty good stuff the when he's on and running. Uh, I think we'll know a lot more this weekend because if he comes against USC, a team where he's no doubt motivated to play and he won't run the ball and he's struggling, uh, I don't want to say a kid is done, but it, it's just it doesn't look good for the rest of the season. And I think that the coaches really, if they don't make the change before that, the coaches really have to sit down and, and figure out what to do at that position. Um, so that's kind of my, my general thoughts on the situation at quarterback right now uh, with Arizona. I'm really curious to see how the coaching staff handles it on Saturday. I'll be making the trip to USC um, to, to kind of see how they handle it. and um, I, I do think Arizona could score some points, but now I'm starting to look at USC, and, and that's a different podcast. We'll, uh, we'll preview Saturday's game between Arizona and USC um, in the next day uh, or so. But with that being said, I uh, I appreciate you guys for joining me. Uh, do me a favor, rate us five stars if you're listening to this on Apple. Tell your friends, um, tell your, your family. If you know anyone that likes Arizona, uh, tell them. Get the word out about this podcast. Um, it's a fun thing that we do. I hope you guys enjoy it. Uh, once again, thank you for joining me. I'm Wildcat Authority Senior Editor Jason Shear, and this has been the Wildcat Scoop Podcast.